You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today we have a special episode. Uh, I'm joined by Matt this morning also. Hi. (laughs) And today we have a treat. We actually have Deb and Kevin Hessen, um, also known as Devin. It's their celebrity (laughs) couple name. You guys didn't know that that's what we call you when you're not here, right? No, Sometimes I, I have heard that. Call you Devin, and yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, but we are going to be talking about marriage today, so we are looking forward to hearing your little nuggets of wisdom. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. Doing well, yes. Yeah, are you guys enjoying this warm weather? Actually, yes. I like the warm weather, <laughs> unlike a lot of people. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm kind of a jungle kind of gal, so do you guys, me. Do you guys still hot tub when it's hot out like this? Not this hot. No. Usually. No. We were just talking about draining it yesterday <clears throat> for a couple of weeks. And so, but we so will do it during the summer bit. often. I mean, we're yeah. out in the, often during the summer, but well, when sure. it peaks to be this hot, probably Yeah, some not. of those nights when it gets down to, you know, 60, yeah. 65 degrees. But if, man, when the humidity is 98, like, I, I can't think of anything worse than making myself <laughs> more hot. That's our communication tub. Oh, okay. That's what we call it. So that's a good marriage tip. Get a hot tub. Get a hot tub. And that's our communication hub. That's I where like we it. solve all of our world that problems. That one was for free, you guys. <laughs> it wasn't free, but yes. <laughs> oh, that's too- yeah, I hear there's already uh, families that have dibs on it. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the next time you upgrade, you know. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> All right, so um, let's just get started. So I would like you guys to kind of tell us a little bit about yourselves, um, how you met, how long you've been married, a little bit about your family. Sure. Well, we're what you would call high school sweethearts. I was a senior and Deb was a junior. Um, We met. um, We were in the same bookkeeping class in high school. Wow. Deb had a crush on me, and her her cousin (laughs) told me about it, and... uh, she told me, actually, after I did a speech as I was running for student body president, and she came up to me and said, hey, I know somebody's got a crush on you. And so, anyway, it kind of started from there. And, and so we went, to, went together through <clears throat> high school, and then um, I was a year ahead of her, obviously. So going off to college, I went to UNI, and she followed me there, so we... We dated through college on and off. <laughs> yeah. I say it wasn't the fairy tale, total fairy tale, because I broke up with him numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bad penny I kept coming back. A bad penny. <laughs> so so at some point, this maybe not now, but but, but I wanna know like like what was the, what was the thing that he did that was that was so good? You're like, well, you know what? I know I keep breaking up with him, but I got to keep going back. He just kept coming after me. I just couldn't escape it, I guess. I don't know. So really, your love story is he wore you down. Yeah, okay. maybe so. All right. Might be. He's persistent. <laughs> so we went, went together through college, and then when I graduated, the week after I graduated from college, and we got married. So, um, so nice. yeah. So, so, then, so you were we still in college I had, then? Okay. I had one year of college left. Okay. So we moved into married student housing, and everybody should have that lovely experience. And, <laughs> and then he got his teaching job, and I was able to commute from where he was teaching. So, so, so clarifying question, did you win the student election for class president? Actually, I did. 
Congratulations. Yep. And I think it was a roll of toilet paper that I rolled out onto the floor. I can't remember what words I used, but that was my prop. And I rolled out some toilet paper, and I think everybody just remembered that, hey, vote for the toilet paper guy. So, okay. so I've been married to a president. There you go. Nice. Right. I was going to say, so like she knew early lady. on That's that, right. that, yeah. that Kevin first is going to accomplish some things. Yeah. He is going places. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we have four kids and four in-laws. And so we tell people we have eight kids oh, because yeah. we just love them all dearly and equally. Although our kids think that I love the in-laws more than I love them. <laughs> we've, had, we've had that conversation many times, but that's not true. I love all eight of them equally. Mm-hmm. So We have 12 grandchildren, so um, our kids have done well. <laughs> so, They've blessed they all, us well. Yep, and they all live around here, so we get to spoil them. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, that, that by itself is just... I, I mean, I, at least from where I'm from, a unique thing that mm-hmm. everybody just stays mm-hmm. put. So all of your kids got married, stayed here, had kids. They still live here. None of them are planning on no. going. And so that, you know, that's just kind of a So our nice... unspoken secret was that our kids had to marry like farmers because they weren't going to move the farm, <laughs> you know. And the girls had to marry people that were from the area, although Megan didn't. She, her folks are the only ones that are... Yeah away so yeah. otherwise everybody's no reason to move so yeah, yeah. nice yeah. that is good so how long have you guys been married 40 years this it was in 40 years in may oh congratulations, wow. yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. kind of a, a very subdued 40th wedding anniversary this year in quarantine but <laughs> yes. yeah yeah in yeah. quarantine and you were was that after your surgery that was before your surgery that was uh anniversary was after my hip okay. surgery yeah Yep. So, so, you yep, guys, so we, you guys should plan to celebrate that at some point now that things have settled down. We are planning on celebrating mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, taking the, all the kids and grandkids and going to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So, that'll be fun. That'll be that, fun. That yep. will be fun. I wonder what anniversary you get to where that sounds like a good anniversary <laughs> celebration. <laughs> because for my anniversary celebrations, I want to leave the kids behind. Yes, and yes. Just go. So I, like, yes. there must be a threshold that you hit. Maybe it's grandkids. I don't know what I, the threshold is. I think yeah. it's 40. 40, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, this is, yeah. <laughs> so we got a little while. Okay, good, okay, good. We're good. <laughs> Uh, so one of the reasons, I guess I should say, that we even have you guys here as guests today is that we are um, in the midst of an, a marriage series, a sermon series. And so one of the reasons why you guys kind of popped into my head as far as um, inviting to, to come and talk uh, was just, you know, I know you haven't done it perfectly, um, but man, like raised four godly children who all married godly spouses and just thinking about it and watching you guys as a family is so so encouraging and I know that's not just for myself but for others too and so uh, we just want to know like all your secrets (laughs) and how we can you know strive and and try to accomplish the same thing because that's no you know that's a tall order so um Let's get right down to um, some of the questions here. Um, So as a couple, because I know this is something that's, you know, if you're married, you totally get this. Um, We fight, right? Uh, So what is your strategy? Do you have a strategy for resolving conflict? Well, I think, first of all, I want to just say 
the disclaimer that we our marriage definitely isn't perfect. Um, God has been very good at um, He's covered His grace has covered a lot of of our mistakes in raising our family and just in marriage um, itself. But um, to be honest with you, Deb and I have never had a ton of conflict. And we've gone to marriage conferences, and they say, you know, the speakers will say, well, if you're, you know, if you don't have conflict in your marriage, then you don't have a strong marriage. Um, we probably are the exception to the rule. Um, when you went home from those conferences, were you trying to pick a fight with her? <laughs> just, just to prove that you had a strong marriage? <laughs> no, that's what we said. We said, we, we've got to have a good argument here, otherwise our marriage isn't strong. But... Um, I think as we've gone along in marriage, we've kind of figured out what trips each other's trigger, and we try to avoid that. I mean, it's that's that's a big thing. One of the things that we talked about when we were talking about um, resolving conflict, we're probably like a lot of couples. If we if we have issues, we give each other the silent treatment, you know, and that's that's been something since the very beginning. I remember that. You know, so you guys are both after. very passive-aggressive, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, we're not door slammers. We don't scream at each other. We don't yeah. stomp off. Yeah. But yeah. that was kind of, yeah, we're both mm-hmm. kind of mellowed that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But it's still, a con- it's still a way yeah. of, yeah. you know. And you eventually have to start talking again. Yeah. So, you know, that, that comes into play. But I kind of giggled at the, at the question, do you have a strategy or a game plan? And it was like, nope. <laughs> We had none when we got married. I mean, yeah. we didn't really even have a discussion about what it looked like. The only thing that we had um, was some people gave us um, advice or more of a statement that you will have conflict, but divorce is never an option. Mm-hmm. And we went into marriage with that kind of as our, as our poster board, I guess. It was just like we knew that divorce was not ever going to be an option. So if you have rough times, we're going to have to figure it out because that's the only way to do it. So that's kind of the philosophy or the game plan that we went into. Um, other than that, we kind of learned along the way, you know, different seasons um, gave us different challenges. And like Kevin said, I think we are kind of both laid back in personality. And so if I know what's going to irritate him, I just kind of choose not to do that. Or, or I try not to. Or... <laughs> Or try to. Or I might try to if I want to fight. So what you're saying is we should not do that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, I'll remember that. (laughs) You know, I I think, I don't know who gave you that advice when you got married or or made that statement. And really it is advice. I mean, it's it's foundational. It's framework. Like, hey, this is what it's going to be. But that's so critical. And I feel like a lot of folks get married today. And divorce has become so common mm-hmm. and it's become so normalized. And, and, and let me, I mean, it, it happens mm-hmm. and, and we're not angry at people that are divorced, uh, but certainly we should never enter a marriage with the idea that, oh, you know, I, I can pull that ripcord anytime I want. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I feel like that happens a lot. You know, we, we know we want it to last forever, but we also know mm-hmm. it probably won't and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's just a really rough way um, to start something that God wants to be permanent. So that, that was good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, was. Right. Have you, um, so you guys say that you typically go to the silent treatment then when mm-hmm. you're angry with each other. Um, would you say that's evolved in any way over the years? Like, has that gotten better? Are you better about maybe shutting that down or? Yeah, I think so. I think early on it might have, <clears throat> it might have lasted a little longer. 
than it does. You know, and now it's just like, okay, let's get over it. Um, and we'll talk about this a little bit later too, but um, it kind of enters into one thing that has evolved was when we pray together at night, you know, we pray every night and it's very difficult to pray with your spouse if you're mad <laughs> at him. It makes for really awkward prayers. Right. And so, you know, don't let your anger go down, you know, whatever that verse Sun is. Sun go down. Sun go down on your anger. Yeah, yep. there you go. Yep. Um, it it has a lot of truth to it, you know, because, yeah, if you're, if you're going to pray, because even when we're angry at each other, we would pray together, and some probably weren't as honoring to God as others because it might have been through gritted teeth that we've done it. <laughs> um, but I think that that has helped, you know. Yeah. Yep. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to come back together some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. It, it, that's good advice or, you know, just good <clears throat> purposeful or not planning mm-hmm. um, to, to have those disciplines built in that are going to naturally combat the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, for, for people listening, I mean, that seems like a, a good strategy to implement when yeah. things are easier, yeah. right? Because if you start that when things are hard, that gets awfully difficult. But if you right. start it when things are easier and get used to it, then you would think that it, it could maybe eliminate some of that distance um, when you get a little bit further down the road. Mm-hmm. I suppose, you know, we should back up just a little bit and correct me if I'm wrong, but did you both... Um, Surrender to Christ during college, or when when did that happen for you guys? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, we both grew up in the church. Um, we had great parents, good morals, those sorts of things. But yeah, um, until we actually went to college, um, it was Deb's freshman year and my sophomore year that we both came to accept the Lord as our Savior, and um, and that it is kind of an interesting dynamic when you go from not following the Lord to following the Lord when you're in the middle of a dating relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, even in marriage, I'm sure it's, it's totally different because your outlook on things, especially as a man, totally changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep, it was in college. And that was really foundational, too, to our whole marriage because we were very new Christians, um, we had the love and support of our families and good moral upbringing, but we knew that we wanted our marriage to be Christ-centered and we wanted to raise our kids differently than what we were raised. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of you know, our early marriage years and raising our kids was new to us. We knew what we wanted, but we didn't know how to do it. And so you know, that kind of reiterates that we did not do everything perfect you know, when we were raising our kids and stuff, but our intentions were good, and God just honored that and gave us a lot of grace throughout the whole process of marriage and raising kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're willing to share a little bit, um, what have been some obstacles and some hard seasons for you guys marriage-wise? Mm-hmm. We kind of thought about, you know, three different seasons of life, our very beginning early marriage and then our kind of middle life, you know, marriage and then kind of where we're at now. And so that's kind of how we broke it up. And um, early marriage, we thought um, a lot of it was finances or lack thereof. (laughs) Um, And so 
I think we get into that question a little bit too, but you know, we were skimping. We, we didn't have extra money at all. We were counting pennies to buy groceries and we'd take our calculator to the grocery store and you know, decide if we're gonna buy this or that. And we always were tight on the finances. And we went one particular time, we were so dirt poor, we were trying to decide you know, what we're gonna get. And we were in this big warehouse grocery store and there was this big glass owl. And it was just an empty container shaped in the form of an owl that stood two feet tall. And we both looked at it and we thought, that would be really cool to have. We could put our loose change in there. And then we kind of laughed. We thought, loose change? Like, we have loose change? <laughs> we have nothing to put in this owl. But we did buy it. We, we bought it for $9.99, which was a lot of money. And we've had that over the years. And our parents would come and visit, and they would throw their loose change in it for nice. us. <laughs> and then we would start and throw it in. And so over the years, we'd get that owl filled up. And it took lots of years. Sure. And at one point with our kids, we were able to dump it out in the living room. And we counted it all up. And then we used that for spending money when we went to Disney World. Oh, and so we've had a lot of <laughs> memories from, from that owl and stuff. But the finances were tricky. And especially when Kevin was doing the books and I just kind of let him do them. Mm-hmm. He didn't always appreciate um, the way that went sometimes. <laughs> Well, and we're kind of getting into finances, but yeah. since we're there, yeah, when we, when we were first um, started out, we each had a checkbook, mm-hmm. and that was not a good thing, <laughs> <laughs> because she'd be writing checks for things that we needed, I mean, groceries or whatever, sure. but she'd forget to write them down on the checkbook register. Oh, yeah. So then, you know, at the end of the month, when I was balancing the checkbook, it's like, where'd this 40 bucks? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, now... Where are we going to get forty dollars to cover mm-hmm. this check you wrote? And so we very early got rid of that. And of course, people don't do checkbooks. Yeah, my kids are much like, anymore. "What is that?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. They sent right. Travis one when he opened his account at U.S. Bank, uh-huh. and he's like, "What do I do with this?" <laughs> <laughs> Just stick it in the drawer. Yeah, I don't even use that anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyway, back to um, obstacles. I, I think. You know, early on in our marriage, too, we, we had some ex- outside things that were happening. Uh, Deb's brother was tragically killed, um, and that was, and in the same year, my dad got really sick. And so, um, and we, we didn't live in Vinton at the time. And so, just working through those things as a couple, you know, um, dealing with a death and, and with, you know, my dad was really, really sick, and um, just trying to figure all that out. And, um, that was something we hadn't ever dealt with in our whole life. And, and so that, w- that was a, an obstacle that got thrown to us early on. And um, uh, at that time, then, we decided to, to, to move back to Vinton. And so, you know, then you got decision. I mean, I quit teaching, and I had actually gone from teaching to selling insurance, and I absolutely hated it. And so, you know, we were talking about it, and Deb said, well, why don't you just quit and we'll just move back to Vinton? Like, what are we going to do? Well, I don't know. She said, we both have our teaching certificates. We can move back and substitute teach. So we picked up our family. I mean, that was a huge decision, too, to, like, you know, just pick up and move back to a town you that have no jobs. Um, and God provided for us. I mean, as we look back, two weeks after we got here, I wanted to open a cabinet shop, and two weeks after we got back to Vinton, I landed a, a job with somebody building a house and it. it took me for about six months of building cabinets for this guy. I was able to set up my business and, and that. So 
anyway, um, getting long-winded with all of that stuff. But We're it's, used to it. Um, Do you not know us? <laughs> <laughs> long-winded is our jam. <laughs> So it I think felt that, totally normal yeah, to me. I, mean, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. So that that was kind of in the middle, or the that was early on. We weren't married about eight years, seven, eight years, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then midlife um, marriage would be you know you just have obstacles come along the way with every season. And that probably was when we had some concerns with Nathan, with his health. And um, we had some major decisions to make about helping guide that whole process. And it was, it was tricky because it took us away from home in order to deal with some of these situations when we had three other kids at home. And so, you know, the obstacle was really just balancing everything. You know, how do you give your attention... Um, that you need to be giving to one particular child, knowing that there's three more that are equally needed, you know, you're needed for them. And just being able to navigate that, you know, and again, God's so gracious and family and friends, you know, came along and um, we were able to navigate through that. But that was kind of in the middle of our marriage, you know, season. Um, so dealing with all of that was emotionally, financially, and um, you know, relationally with the with the other kids and stuff, a challenge mm-hmm. of getting through that. So, yeah. and I think the the stage in our life where you know trying to decide when to retire and get enough money and and then you get past you make those decisions and then it's like okay, well, now what do we do ministry wise? I mean. We've done a lot of different types of ministry over the years, but our life is a little bit different now. We have more time. We have, um, but we're older, so we don't relate to the young generation maybe oh, as well. You're and full so, of so much wisdom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just a different navigation period, you yeah. know. We've got grown kids and grandkids, and how do you incorporate all of that? Right. You know, in yeah. a retirement, still busy thing. It is still busy. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. great. Great business. Yeah, still busy. And, and I would say, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about the two of you, which is encouragement maybe for people that are in your stage of life. I mean, a lot of the marriage conversation is encouragement for people, you know, that are that are still trying to figure that out or right. looking to get into it or whatever it is. But but for folks that are, that are in your um, demographic, I think you are, from a ministry perspective, um, you know... Yeah, we might retire, but we don't retire from that. And, and I think you've been a blessing to all of us here at the church in that way. And I think a good example for people to say, you know what, how do we dig in? Yeah. And how do we become more available as our time is freed up instead of mm-hmm. pulling back and mm-hmm. becoming less available? Kind of, you know, the mindset of, oh, I've served my time um, has not been a, a thing that, mm-hmm. that you yeah. two have, mm-hmm. have at least said. You maybe have wrestled with it, but it's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. been something you put out there. The other thing I would say, too, is... Um, for folks that, that might find themselves in a position similar to yours is you guys have an incredible ministry with your grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, and your kids, too, obviously, mm-hmm. but, but just with the way that you pour into your grandkids. I know, Deb, you and I were in a small group that was all about praying for kids, and, and you were praying for mm-hmm. your grandkids through that small group. And I just that in and of itself is incredible ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important to remember because people forget that. They think, they, and not only for us, for our grandkids, but even for their family. I mean, young families, 
have to also remember that their ministry is their family and their young kids, and that is such an important ministry. You know, you need to pour into them so much, and sometimes they can feel guilty at that age that they're not out and about outside of the home doing what the church would call ministry. But they need to realize that their ministry is caring for their husband and supporting him and um, modeling for their kids and teaching their kids, you know, and, and all of that. That's so important. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, let's talk some more about kids, shall we? Maybe you guys can tell us some good stories or something. <laughs> um, what has been your parenting strategy over the years with your kids? Because, I mean, gosh, they're all pretty, pretty awesome people. <laughs> yeah, they are. But we kind of giggled at that one, too, because, like I said, we were new in our faith, and we knew what we wanted, but we didn't know how to do it. And so I don't think we had much of a strategy other than... Um, United we stand, divided we fall. <laughs> that was kind of our parenting strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there are times when, you know, the kids would say, Dad, you know, can I do this? Well, what'd your mom say? Well, she said no. Well, then you don't ask your dad. <laughs> you know, you, you, you know how they... Try to know. play each oh, other. Yeah. We, yeah. we never allowed that. Yeah, but I think, um, actually, we tried to... Um, mixed discipline and fun and all those different things. But I think discipline was probably the big thing. Um, one of the things that I, I see a lot today is that parents that either don't discipline or they they try to discipline and then they just let it go. And it, that's harder on the kids. Um, it doesn't teach them the right things. So I think we, we really spend a lot of time in discipline. Um, and just, you know, our kids weren't our friends. You know, that may sound harsh, but they can't be your friends um, when, you're, when you're raising them. Uh, right now, I mean, they're our best friends um, mm-hmm. because they appreciate what we, the way we raise them. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I say, once again, we didn't do everything right, that's for sure. Um, but uh, I think discipline is a big thing. And that, I think, Deb, you should share this story about, about Nathan. Oh, yes, please. We didn't have permission <laughs> for that. <laughs> You probably wouldn't care. I'll say it really quick because it's kind of a long story. But anyway, it was really early in the morning, and he was playing with a game of cards, and I told him to pick them up for breakfast, and he spilled them all over the floor. And he was joking. You know, he fanned them out and, you know, that kind of thing. And he I must said, have been how old? Oh, he was like four or five. I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere in there. And um, I said, oh, that laughed with him. And I said, now you need to pick them up. And he says, No. And I said, yes, you do. You need to pick him up before breakfast. No. So I said, okay. So breakfast came and went, and he didn't pick him up. So lunch came, and he says, I'm hungry for lunch. I said, great, go pick up your cards. No. I said, you need to pick him up before you can eat. That was the deal. No. Okay, no lunch. So snack came, supper came, bedtime came. I was sweating because <laughs> I thought I made this threat. I, made, I told him yeah. this is the deal. Yeah. And um, he went to bed without anything. Got up in the morning, I'm hungry, and I thought, perfect, you know, grid. Okay, go pick up your cards. No. And by this time, I'm thinking, I think I called Kevin, I said, he won't eat, what am I going to do? I remember hearing Dr. Dobson, now Dr. Dobson was our guru at the time, and he said, kids will not starve to death. They will not starve to death. So we went clear through lunch, and I think afternoon snack, and then he got hungry enough to, to actually do that and, and pick him up. I appreciate that persistence. So he had persistence, but... Um, I think the, the point there, too, is that we've learned that you make 
um, I don't want to say threats. What do I say? Consequences. consequences. You yeah. make consequences that you actually can really carry through. Right. So they have to be reasonable, mm-hmm. and that's really important. Yeah, and then follow through. <laughs> and, and then follow through with that, yeah. 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 Otherwise, that's so confusing, isn't yeah. it, yeah. as a kid, probably. Yeah. yeah. And the other big thing, too, that we've always said is that we would not disagree about discipline in front of the kids. I mean, we would Ooh, never nice. have the kids saying, you know, I want to do X, Y, or Z, and one of them says, well, yeah, that's okay. And I'm saying, no, it isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, we would, we would say, we'll talk about it. And then we will have our disagreement, right. you know, or our difference of opinion is really mm-hmm. more of what it was and reasons why they should or should not be allowed to do that. But we wouldn't have that in front of the kids. We tried to be, you know, right. equal on that. And the same held true with other adults in their life, like specifically teachers, because especially in their junior high, high school years, you know, personalities and kids and teachers don't always gel. And they would sometimes argue about what their teacher was doing or saying or didn't agree with them or whatever, whatever. And we would actually, in the privacy of our conversation, we would also disagree with that teacher. And we would really be on the kid's side sure. with it. But they didn't know that. <laughs> and so we would, we would tell them, you know, this is what the teacher is saying, then you need to do it. And whether you agree with it or not, right. you will have a choice later on in life to make your own decisions on that. Sure. But, you know, it came down to grades a lot. If I don't write a paper a certain way, oh, sure. then I'm going to get docked because this is the teacher, this is what they'll tell me, you know. And, and so then we would give them the option and we said, you know, you have a choice to make. You can either write it the way the teacher wants you to write it, whether or not you agree with it or not, and go for the grade, and we're, mm-hmm. we're fine with that, knowing that your convictions say otherwise. Or you can write it the way you think and take the C. Right. And we will support you either way with that. But they have to learn, especially in the older grades, you know, that there's going to be conflicts, there's going to be differences of opinions, mm-hmm. but there's always that respect and choices to be made at what point you stand up. Sure. So, sure. Yeah, I know you said you, you didn't necessarily have a strategy, right? But, but it sounds like you did. And, and, and the strategy is, hey, let's be on the same side, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, as you're talking about all of this, you know, the, the one thing that keeps especially shining through is like, we were, we were of one accord in this and we, you know, not always agreeing or whatever, but, but like, we're, we are primarily, you know, on the same side and, and, mm-hmm. uh, not letting anything crack that. I mean, it's, that's pretty. That's a pretty good strategy to have. I think will go a long way in whether it's finances or kids or conflicts or whatever. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty yeah. good advice in and of itself. It's just yeah. be together. Yeah. yeah. And Deb, I know you and I have had conversations about this um, in the past, but and and this is something that I just think is is so cool and and such a good way to not only love your grandkids but your children still. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you support your kids' marriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really uh, the, the most fun, really. I mean, you, you spend a lot of energy and challenges in raising your kids, and then when you get to them as adults and you have grandkids, it's just a fun space of life to be in. Um, we try to support our, our grown kids, our married kids, by doing things like babysitting when we can. Um, you know, letting them have date nights, um, giving them gifts of, you know, 
that involve a night away, yep. you know, things like yep. that for Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, anniversary, stuff like that. Um, so we do that a lot, but I will put a little, and, and we're in a unique situation where we have all 12 grandkids right here. Um, but one of the things that we do with our kids is we make them be honest with us and we try to be honest with them. And so when they ask us to babysit, they, you know, since there's four of them, it can take up a lot of days right. in a yeah. month. I mean, you could be babysitting every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they feel, you know, sometimes they feel bad about asking us to babysit and, you know, and whatnot. And sure. so we just kind of have this rule that we'll be honest. And if you ask us to babysit, we will tell you if we can or not. And we're not going to necessarily change our plans right. in order to that's babysit. Good. That's good. And that's made it really easy because they will ask us and sometimes it's very spur of the moment and we're able to do it mm -hmm. and sometimes we say no we have plans you know mm -hmm. or we're just going to do this or that mm -hmm. and they honor that and nice. and so it makes it easy communication i was going to say it's, it's a nice ground rule to have up front right like right like, you tell yeah. us honestly what you need we'll tell mm -hmm. you honestly what we can do and we'll all be friends afterwards and <laughs> right uh, right kind yeah. of a nice yeah i, I was thinking you, you said you know the, the four different kids and the, all the grandkids. And I'm like, yeah, boy, if everybody wanted one date night a week, that's, <laughs> that's the majority of your week that's yeah. sucked up in babysitting. And that's fun, maybe yeah. for a week. Yeah. But yeah. after that, it might. Uh, one, one of the things I was going to say about you know, raising our children, too, is one thing that we always did is that we made sure that our children knew that, that our relationship was the most important. Um, and some people would look at that and say, well, that's not... You know, your kids. Uh, you, yeah, when you're a kid, it doesn't feel good to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. remember my parents telling me that, but uh, I totally get it now. Yeah, but so like, like when I would come home from work, I went to Deb first. I mean, instead of four kids running after me, I went to her first. I you love know, that. And, and I'd give her a kiss or a hug or whatever, and the kids saw that, and they, they saw, it. and I think that gives them reassurance that everything's okay because mom yeah. and dad, mom and dad are, are okay. They love each yeah. other. And so, and that's um, such an easy thing mm -hmm. well, that an we e can be doing. It's an easy thing, yeah. too, but it also is such a good, powerful, again, whether it was intentional or not, right. it, it's a good, again, we're together. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a good spiritual thing, too, right? Kids might want to be the center of the universe, but that's a scary place to be. Mm -hmm. And it's ultimately a tragic place to be, uh, <laughs> yeah. to know that we're the most important person in the room, because yeah. we never are. And, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's... it's and then, and then, like Deb said, you know, we give gifts to our kids to, to get away for a night or whatever. And we made sure that we did that as, as a couple, too. And I, I think that's an important thing that you, you just get away, if it's even for a night. Um, and sometimes you might want to surprise your spouse by doing that. Um, I remember one time specifically, I thought, oh, this would be cool. I'm going to get, I, I planned a night away, and I got a babysitter lined up and everything, and I... I picked Deb up from school, and I said, um, we're, we're going to take off. You know, we're going to go. We're just going to go for a drive. Where are we going? I said, well, we're, we're just going to go. And she, we ended up in Iowa City, and as it turned out, she really didn't like that surprise. <laughs> that we are going to be gone because she wanted to say goodbye to the kids or something, Aww, I guess. I thought we were but, just going out to eat. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, but I didn't really tell them goodbye for overnight. <laughs> 
so it was just so he learned that you That's didn't do that kind like, of surprises oh, on me. Yeah. 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 Say, you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. That might tell us that might tell us more about us than dad. Yeah, yeah. But another That's, advice. These are the people that want to take their anniversary with their kids and yeah. grandkids. <laughs> right. We do our we do our own alone time too, though. We we do both. Oh. Yeah. But one of the things with adult kids too that we've learned that we try to do, and we're not 100% great on this all the time, but we try not to give advice unless they ask. And, you know, sometimes it's tricky and sometimes we spill over um, and we don't always abide by that rule. But for the most part, Mm -hmm. we try our best to do that. So, you know, you said earlier, one of you said like like that that we weren't friends with our kids, Mm -hmm. right? We were Mm -hmm. parents Mm -hmm. of our kids. We were their authority. We were we loved them. We treated them well, but, but we were the authority over the kids. And then now at this point. We're not their parents anymore, right? We're not trying to fix their stuff mm-hmm. unless they ask. We're not, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there is a very clear shift in that, like, you know, that mm-hmm. says at this point in time, you know, mm-hmm. I think, Kevin, you're the one that said is like, we are parents first and foremost. That's our primary function. This point in time, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're mentors. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not parents. We don't, yeah. I, I think, boy, a, a lot of, that's good advice, I think, for, for both of those those. Mm-hmm. Demographics, yeah. Like if you've got kids at home, like, you know, you want to pour out for them, but they're not the most important thing, right? If your whole schedule revolves around them, if your whole, you know, emotional connections are with them and not your, your spouse, spouse, that's dangerous mm-hmm. and it never ends well. And then, you know, if you're the one who's still trying to be in charge of them and their family when they're on their own, that's right. dangerous too. And that doesn't end well. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's, I mean, again, whether you had a strategy or not, that that's a good thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you speak about that, <clears throat> you know, if, you're, if your children are your center, you know, and everything revolves around them, what happens when your children leave? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't spend time with your spouse and make them your top priority then things can get really ugly when your children leave, you don't, you don't know who you were married to. And so, um, you need to continue to work in that relationship, all, uh, even as you're raising your children. And, you know, that's interesting that you say that because one of the things we see statistically is where marriages struggle the mm-hmm. most is, I mean, by far it's the first three years, right? But the next spike in marriage difficulty is that 16 to 20-year mark where kids are getting ready to leave the house or have left the house. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there is, I mean, you would think, oh, they've made it 16, 20 years. They're fine. But we see a lot of marriages starting to have issues at that time. And I think that's probably a good reason why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we kind of talked finances a little bit mm-hmm. earlier on. Was there anything else you guys wanted to add to that at all? Um, one thing that we might talk about is that it was a real priority to pay off debt. And we had learned that, I think, from our parents. Um, and it, it, it is so crucial for so many reasons. And so we were very diligent in early on trying to, you know, for our mortgage, we would make sure we'd make the payment. But if we had any little extra money, we'd throw that at yeah. it because it just decreases it so quickly. Yeah. And yeah. so paying off debt was a, was a big deal for us. And... Um, Along with that, at the same time, the tithing piece. Yeah, was... yeah we, we started tithing probably eight years into our marriage, and that was a big deal. I mean, we, we did not have extra money. Yeah. But we were, we were kind of challenged by a pastor um, to, to start tithing, even for six weeks, and just see how mm-hmm. it went. And um, that was the best thing that we did. I mean, God just, 
He just yeah. blessed it. And so I think what people that maybe are on the fence or thinking about, well, should I tithe or how am I going to tithe or, or what, mm-hmm. you, just, you just need to take that step and do it and yeah. see what happens. I mean, yeah. God, God will bless you. Well, and having a budget. Did you guys ever work with a budget at oh, all? Yeah. I know we're, I'm very detailed with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how people would be able to tithe or be generous mm-hmm. or save mm-hmm. money without it. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just such a huge mm-hmm. tool. Yeah, we did Yeah, budgeting. And then also we did the envelope system like Dave Ramsey does. Yeah. So, you know, Deb would put money in, we'd put money in an envelope for Deb to go grocery shopping or buying clothes or whatever for kids or school supplies. And that worked really well. What envelope was the glass owl in? <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes we shifted okay, money from one envelope to the other. Do you, still, <laughs> do you still have the glass owl? Yes, we do. We do. Right, it's, it's really full. It's ready to, ready to go ready into to the bank. Ready, ready, to, ready for your next trip to home. I don't know. Somewhere. I haven't decided. I staff outing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys kind of said that um, Dobson was sort of like mm-hmm. a, a mentor from afar. Did you guys have any other mentors that were like in your lives over the years? We didn't necessarily do so much one-on-one, although um, we did talk about, um, you know, we, we were in a Bible study with um, other couples that were similar age. Mm-hmm. And so we did that for years. Um, it's kind of what our small groups are, concept is now. Sure. It's yeah. kind of what mm-hmm. we... Yeah, and when they were when the kids were little, all of our families that was kind of our small group. I mean, they were from um, we were from a variety of churches in the community, mm-hmm. and we would come together on a night one night during the week, and we would we would sing kids songs together, and oh, cool. you know pray together and play games with them, and then they'd go off and play, and then we'd just kind of visit and stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. that was kind of our peer mentoring more than anything else you've got to have that you know when i see couples in counseling and this is an issue in my own life too but but when i see you know it it is not uncommon for people that that they don't have those relationships like those aren't uh when you get kids and 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 you get Mm -hmm. busy and and those things just stop and Mm -hmm. next thing you know as a family you get pretty darn isolated Mm -hmm. uh, especially when sports and those things happen in your but it is really important to have those family connections like those peer Relationships, mm-hmm. people you trust that'll tell you the truth, that will talk to you. So that was, it's a, you know, it's another good. We didn't have a strategy, but it turns out we had a strategy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And um, you're speaking about mentors too. You know, we did we did Dobson a lot for the raising children, but I I really craved like radio talk show hosts who would talk about marriage because sure. there are so many good things that are on there and so many things I'd never thought about. My my mom and dad had a gr- great relationship. But I just wanted to have the best that I could have. And I knew there was a lot of things that I didn't know. Um, and so we did that. We did like a weekend to remember. Um, that mm-hmm. was a good... You've done that too, right, Matt? Yeah, that's exceptional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so just things like that. Okay. So maybe the equivalent today would be podcasts. There's right. tons of... Podcasts. Right now Christian, media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now media. I mean, that, that if anybody listening doesn't have, I mean, talk to us because we... I yeah. mean, Family Life Today. We have it for you, Family Life Today. That's a really good radio show. Yeah, like there's just so much out there that that is good. We're really, really blessed in Uh, This is a a day and age where if you're lacking information, it's not because it doesn't exist. (laughs) Um, It's because you haven't, you know, looked for it or stumbled upon it or whatever. And Mm -hmm. same with finances, too. Like, you know, that you're talking about, like, 
you know, the things you're talking about, like isolation, finances, um, those are two of the big things, Mm -hmm. you know, when people come in for marital counseling, those are two of the big things that, that drive them here. And so having those, those couples that, that you intentionally connect with and intentionally dealing with your finances, paying off debt and using some kind of system or a budget to get like, like those are things that people could proactively do, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that even if it never drove them to counseling, it brings tension into a marriage and, you know, marriages are just better when there's less tension. And so those are just good things to, to do. Um, so let's talk about praying together again, because I, I know that is something that is can be really tricky. And just with people I talk to and my own experiences, I know there's usually maybe one person in the marriage that is all gung-ho for it and one that's a little apprehensive. And so um, when did you start that? How did that evolve? Um, and, and how has that helped you over the years? I'm not sure when we started it. <clears throat> it was years and years ago. Um, and it... I would guess more than likely it was both of us had an interest in it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think about, you know, I've talked to um, some people that, that like to pray together as couples, but they just, they just can't get going. And um, I, think, I think a good way to start is just, just doing something simple. Whether, whatever spouse it is that has a desire to do it, you know, just ask the other spouse, hey, can, I, can we pray? You know, and, and just make it really simple. It could be um, just praying for your kids, or um, and it can be a short prayer, but just something that gets some repetition and 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 lets the other spouse know that it's not a big deal. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and I, I think it's just getting over that hurdle and getting started. Really, sure. I think sometimes it helps just to think about the common ground and start there. It doesn't have to be something really in-depth and really even personal. And, oh, my gosh, they're going to dig into something where I don't want to go or, you know, whatever. But they, you all have a common ground. You have your kids to pray for. You know, you have your finances to pray for. You might have your job to pray for. You might have a decision that you're, you're contemplating to pray for. So it can be just the common ground between the two of you to get started. Mm-hmm. And like Kevin said, the one that feels most comfortable, just, you know, let them lead, whether it's the, the husband or the wife. And then invite the other spouse into it. What, do you have something you think we should pray about? And if, even if they give a suggestion but they don't want to pray, mm-hmm. then you've invited them into that. Mm-hmm. And just make it a slow, slow progress and, okay. you know, process and it'll, it'll come. So obviously I, I know Ben and Megan well. Um, I know Ashley a little bit and Dan a little bit, but um, I mean, your kids married well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and, and I know you prayed mm-hmm. for your kids a lot. Did you we pray did. before they got married for their spouses? Yes, we did. What we was prayed. that like? Well, I, I was going to say, we, yeah, we prayed for them when they were very little, little yeah. about their spouses and just mm-hmm. praying that, that they would find a, a spouse that loved Jesus more mm-hmm. than anything else. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, we, and we spent a lot of time talking to our kids about that, too, right. that that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you gonna no, that's what I was going to say is we're around our, you know, going back to the raising the kids, the supper time was a must. I mean, we did not TV it. Now, as retired people, we sit in front of the TV and, and yeah. eat all the time. Yeah. You know? And Spoils a victory. We, yes, it is. And we, we, kind of, we kind of laugh about it a little bit because Blake, being our last one, 
um, there came a time, particularly when he was probably in high school, later high school years, where we were not always sitting down at the table. And I remember telling him one time, I want you to know that just because we're not sitting around the table right now, this is not the way you raise your family. <laughs> you need to, we hit, you've grown yeah. up around the table yeah. all the time. And the other yeah. kids went clear through the table. Yeah. But those are the best conversations, yeah. the best time for find out what they're going. Because the kids will talk about each other mm -hmm. days and tell, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, that's interesting. So you find out a lot, but also that's when we'd have the conversations about you marry a Christian spouse, mm -hmm. you know, and that's mm -hmm. important. I mean, that's your priority, and so you have a lot of those Christian concept conversations around the kitchen sure. table. And stuff, but yeah, we prayed for them and we talked to them a lot about that. Good. So, well, I, I mean, here's the thing: like, prayer is mysterious. Um, but in this instance, I think we would say that, that God blessed those and answered those. And so that would be encouragement for people. Yeah. Um, not to just say, oh, well, they got lucky. Well, yeah, sure. But right. I mean, there's intentionality yeah. behind that. And if, it, you know, I mean, we know that God answers prayers. And so. Right. And, and I might add this too because unless people get the wrong idea that we you know because like we said at the very beginning we did not do everything right and that's one area that looking back I think I wish we would have done a better job at because we did a good job praying together mm -hmm. and um, letting our kids know that we pray for them mm -hmm. but we did not spend a lot of time prayer with them okay. as much as I wish that we would have sure. um, you know when they had struggles come up and stuff once in a while, we would pray through that struggle, but that wasn't a common thing for us. Sure. We would pray on our own for their struggles, but not necessarily say, let's go to the, let's go to the Lord in prayer in this, right. you know, so that they could see that everything in their life that's happening is worthy of prayer and they yeah. can go to him in that. And so and to, and to just grow up being comfortable. Yes. Doing and, that. Right. And so yeah. we, that's an area where, you know, we hindsight's 2020. Sure. So. Um, okay, so Deb, question for you. Uh, how have you handled following Kevin's lead? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. It's also kind of a tricky question because um, for the most part, I really allow him to lead, um, and he does a great job doing it, so I don't have that big dilemma with that going on there. But at the same time, I think there's a difference between the the husband and the wife in our just in our personalities and I'm going to say this generally and I know everybody won't fit in this mold but most wives are more um, task driven and organized yes. and make a list and we're going to knock it off and yes. do it and quick decision makers and typically guys it's not that they're not listening and wondering and pondering, but they don't come to a decision as quickly as we do. And so there are times where I'm on my list of to-dos and I want a decision, and so I would take more of the lead and make decisions and not even, you know, not that I wouldn't involve him, but I would be forthcoming and saying, I think we should do this, that, or the other. Sure. And I found over the years, and this has taken me a lot of years to figure out, but I found that when I have an opinion about something, if I say it, then he's usually pretty 
in agreement with me and willing to agree and mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, but if I want him to make a decision, that I have to be ready to accept what his decision is because mm -hmm. I might have it in my mind already what I want and right. how I want it done. And then when he makes a decision, I'm like, oh, well, no, I, that's not what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you know, I, I think we should do it this way. Yeah. Thanks for playing. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's so I, I have learned that sometimes I have to step back and when we have a decision to make, I'm not so quick to give my opinion and allow him time to think through it and come up with what he thinks. Mm -hmm. And then I have to grit my teeth and be okay with the way he wants to do it because it may not have been the way I would right. have done it. Right. But unless you do that, then there's no reason for the, for, for the husband to take the lead. Right. Because you're not letting him. I'm not letting him. Yeah. I'm going to change it anyway, or yeah. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And so that's been a work in progress that I've come to acknowledge even later in our marriage. And mm -hmm. so I've, I've tried to do that better. Yeah. I don't know if that'll make sense. It makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kevin, how have you uh, worked over the years to lead Deb well? She's hard to lead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I look at it from as, as a husband being the spiritual leader in the family and um, that's my role. And you know, the, the thing that's nice about Deb in particular is that she's a self-motivator. So when it comes to quiet time and spending time with the Lord, she, she's pretty um, self-motivated there. But um, I think one of the things that I've, that I've slacked in more than I'd like, and we just had this conversation here a week or so ago, is, um, is actually me spending time with her reading scripture and, and leading in that, in that way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've, we've done that on and off throughout the years. I mean, where we've, we've had a study we've done together or mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, a couple of years ago, we did a, a Right Now Media study on Daniel. And I mean, that was awesome. We just, we just had a great time doing that. So that's an area that I struggle with is um, leading spiritually in, in that way. Um, but I say, like, the good thing is, is that she's a self-motivator. So I don't think she's lacking <clears throat> in yeah. her spiritual development. But I think I can be a better leader in, in that area. Sure. But if I can add something to that, because I was thinking about this. Um, I think there's a, I think we have to be careful with the guys thinking that they're not leading well. Um, if you don't sit down and actually do a Bible mm -hmm. study together. Mm -hmm. Because what... What Kevin does very well is we have conversations all the time mm -hmm. about spiritual things, you know, and about our relationship with the Lord. And he will be, you know, even though we're not doing a study together, he right. will be doing his quiet time, and I'll be doing my quiet time, and mm -hmm. we will have conversations often about that. You know, he'll tell yeah. me what he's learning, and he'll listen to me when I have something exciting to tell him what I'm learning you know, and we talk about the sermons, you know, every Sunday, yeah, we, yeah. we talk about what we've gotten out of it and, and stuff. And so, um, we have a lot of spiritual conversations throughout the week. And, and that's one way that this, that the man can lead, that mm -hmm. the husband can lead. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a sit down and Tuesday morning, we're going to do, right. you know, a study together. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing. And he does that really, really well. Well, so it's cool. Well, and I, I think about the, <clears throat> some of the scripture that, that Pastor Matt, <clears throat> you talked about last week um, in Ephesians and how, 
you know, we're to love our wives as <clears throat> Christ loved the church. He gave his life up for her. Um, and so that's, that's a big deal. I mean, we're to love our wives that way. And so I think it's respect. <clears throat> I think of little things um, like we taught our kids. Or I taught my boys this. Like when, you, when you're with your spouse, um, you, you walk beside them or behind them. You open the door for them. I know those are probably old traditions, but to me that, that shows respect for your wife. Um, mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you lead in that way. You let them know that you, you love them more than anything. And um, so those are things that, little things that I try to do, I guess. I don't know if you call it leadership or not. Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. You yeah. do. All right. So we just yep. have a quick little game that I thought would be fun. Um, so Deb, I'll have you go first. Um, I asked Kevin five questions about you. And so we'll see how accurate he was, shall we? Um, no pressure. We should have done this first to see if we years. wanted to interview that. Yeah, I don't know if we could have caused a conflict. Yeah. Grow you guys closer. <laughs> um, so when I asked Kevin what your weirdest quirk was, um, how, what do you think? What do you What do you think? My weirdest quirk? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably my vocabulary, my language, because I'm always mixing up words and I'm always creating new words and, and <laughs> oh, making so them like and Actually, making them up. Words usually. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that if you would have thought he, of that or not. He said, "Well, do you remember what you said?" I do. Okay, you, you go ahead. Um, you're always putting things in smaller containers and so like <laughs> yeah, I am. like if we have medicine or something you and you take, score, it, take sure. it there's no prize but just bragging rights here <laughs> okay so you take medicine out of a box and you throw the box away so we don't know what the directions are like how many you're supposed to take or... I, I downsize I save yeah. space I'm a space saver she pulls a bag of cereal out of the box and throws the box away and sits a bag in I do yeah that's true uh, what are you most likely to argue about oh what are you most likely are you about probably probably the downsizing of containers <laughs> <laughs> right probably um who said what boy how long have we been married that isn't it that so isn't this fun no. it is. <laughs> i don't know what are you argue about Kevin? monopoly oh yes 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 i, yes. Like I could have guessed that oh that is so true i so should have had that yeah we we learned not to play monopoly in our early stages of marriage because yeah. he would take all my property every yes. time well i mean so you're supposed you know, to do I, yeah and he wouldn't even Scott's the same way he wins every time and it's not fun. and he wouldn't be nice to me gracious yeah, he wouldn't no. let me make payments <laughs> that's true um if deb could if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life what would Ooh, it be? That's hard. Chocolate or popcorn? <laughs> Broccoli salad. Oh, I like that a lot. I like a lot of food. <laughs> Apparently, it's not as much as chocolate. <laughs> uh, what is your okay, biggest... Okay, to be fair... Who would guess broccoli salad? <laughs> like, with, with the entirety of food in front of you. That's true. You're like, I yeah. know, it's broccoli salad. <laughs> I mean, that, that's got to be a point for Deb, even though Kevin's <laughs> uh, Deb, um, what's your biggest fear? Oh, my biggest fear. I don't know what my biggest fear is. Um, probably anything to do with my kids or grandkids, but I, I blew that one too, didn't I? I don't know. What did you say? That was hard. 
I, I said bats and snakes. And oh, that. well, yeah, I don't like yeah. them, but... Yeah. yeah. Did you hear we had a bat in the church? I did hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all gone now, so we don't have yes, to worry about coming. Yes. <laughs> um, who would survive longer in a zombie apocalypse? Um... We haven't got one right yet. So. Yes, right. Well, I can't say because I that gave give my answer. I, I think he thinks maybe I would, but I don't know that I would. He said him. You got them all wrong. I got them all wrong. <laughs> You'd never know we were a happily married couple, would you? <laughs> he, he apparently he's going to push you down and run because he thinks he's going to survive longer. <laughs> okay. You only have to be able to run faster. Oh, all right. We'll see how you did. Okay, Kevin. Um, what is your biggest quirk that Deb would say? Um, I don't know. I would say, hmm. Um, I would say, I always will say, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do that. I think. <laughs> Not even and close. Dad, what did you say? How many lights are there oh, in geez. this? Yeah. Or how many beams are there in any given room? Or how many pieces of squares are there in a ceiling mm-hmm. tile? He counts everything. That's so funny. And I thought that was a quirk, but then I found out a girlfriend does the same thing, so I'm not huh. so sure it's so quirky. No, 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 that feels quirky to me. He yeah. knows. Can I, tell him, can I tell him about the tile in the bathroom? Sure. We, were, we spent the night at the hotel the other night, and he came out in the bathroom, and there was a drain in the middle of the floor. And he said, so, you want to know how many squares are in that tile? <laughs> in that drain? You're like, mm, not really. I, I think you're going to tell me. Exactly. I have never wanted to know anything less, but please. That's funny. That is funny. Um, okay. okay, to be fair, I, 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 I got to side with Deb. That's quirkier yeah. than, than saying I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what does Deb say that you argue the most about? Well, obviously not Monopoly. <laughs> um, these are hard. I know they are. <laughs> um, I kind of gave it away in my answer. Oh, I can't remember what you oh, said. Oh, look at no. you helping him. Isn't that the right thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I said... I, I said, I told you something, and you said, you never told me that. I said, yes, I did. And we forget what each other says that yeah. we're told, and yeah. I chalk it up to age more than anything else now. But yeah. selective hearing. Selective hearing, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> In this instance, you can say, I did tell you that, and you're right. Right. <laughs> Kevin, if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would oh, it be? Oh, uh, apple pie. Oh, Kevin. Oh, Ice cream? What did I pack you for 20 years oh, every bologna, single bologna day? Bologna sandwiches. Bologna sandwiches with mustard. mustard. Yeah. Do you still right. like them? I do. Yeah. Okay. You like them for lunch. Uh-huh. But is that really what you would pick for every single day? I did for like 20 years. You did. I kept trying to give them because you, something Because else. that was like your favorite. That was, yeah. Really? Was. All right. I mean, bologna. I, bologna's good. Fried bologna. Yeah, I finally I convinced know. him that it wasn't that healthy and he needed to change to turkey or ham. <laughs> Yeah, huh. true. But I mean, you know, that's what, that's what I grew up on. I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned. We got broccoli salad. Bologna salad. Okay, that's right. Oh, okay. 
Nobody's down with pizza or tacos? No. <laughs> What's your biggest fear, Kevin? Um, I should have thought of these. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> Since I answered them for you. Um, my biggest fear. I can't He's like, it. I'm not scared you, of anything. You found him under the cement the other day. Oh, snakes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, okay. Who would win? Who would stay alive longer in the zombie would. apocalypse? I think I would. See, and you said, um, yeah, I said that neither of us would survive that, a zombie invasion. Mm-hmm. But we'd probably go down together. But I'd give you a 30-second lead over me. <laughs> basically, so what basically she said is that she couldn't live without you. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, wow. So. so you got one point. So this just shows that you, you don't have to know everything about no. your spouse <laughs> in, order, in order to have a really great marriage. So, so next time, Elise, is oh, I have a fun little game for you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a good surgeon illustration. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up. Um, thank you guys so yeah. much for being here and just for sharing your lives with us a little bit and kind of some of the things that you did over the years, even if it was, you know, kind of by accident. Um, I think a lot of valuable stuff. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thanks. thanks for listening. <laughs>